Sean Dizzle. <laughs> Mikey Hizzle. It is a beautiful day to record with you on the podcast called The Untouched. Not Untouched, Untouched Podcast. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Don't you mean we? We. <laughs> What's with the f- horrible French accent? I don't know. I feel like quitting. <laughs> Happy recording day. <laughs> Happy recording day. Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. some fried chicken today. Yeah, how'd it turn out? Shitty. Really? No, it turned out amazing, as everything I cook turns out amazing. But, um, truth be told, it wasn't my mama's fried chicken. (laughs) Or my sister's fried chicken. (laughs) Or my auntie's fried chicken. Uh... You know, I, I tried to do something different. Um, so I've been watching this guy, Sam, the cooking guy. And uh, he likes to use panko for everything that he fries. But I missed a step. He normally will do like the buttermilk, egg, flour, then back to the buttermilk, and then panko. And um, so I didn't do that step. And as a result, a lot of the panko just fell right off of the chicken. (laughs) And uh, yeah. Uh, And the panko, unfortunately, burned a whole lot more than uh, flour ever would do. But it was still like I seasoned the panko really good. And so it still had a lot of flavor to it. It was just dark. Um, but the chicken was super moist and nicely done, cooked all the way through, perfect white meat. So nice and juicy. The wife even had some and she liked it. So I didn't screw it up too much, but like halfway through cooking the chicken, I called my mom and I was like, hey, look, I decided to fry some chicken and realized I've never done this before and I need some help. (laughs) (laughs) So she uh, gave me some pointers toward the end to kind of save the rest of the chicken. I'll do it again. I'm just going to need 
I'm gonna need to not skip any steps and uh, and do it the right way. Make sure I put it in some flour before I put it in panko, or just not use the panko, or just make sure that my oil is up to temperature before I stick the chicken in. So, yeah, rookie mistake. Well, dang. Yeah, I learned something. It wasn't a failure. I learned something. So let that be a lesson out there to all you young bucks out there trying to fry some chicken. You don't fail, you learn. (laughs) Young bucks. Word. How you doing? Doing pretty good, man. Just chilling. Kind of had a lazy day. Yeah. So... Ain't nothing wrong with that. You should have been like neck deep in work, right? Yeah. Probably. (laughs) But I've been doing that for Uh, a lot of days straight. So, you know, it's good to take a day. hmm. Plus, it was kind of like overcast, like it was going to rain, but it never did. Mm. So, you know how that is. I do. I do. It's uh it's been one of those uh kind of days here too. It it looked like it wanted to rain pretty much all day. It's been super cloudy. But the AC hasn't kicked on one time. I don't think the house ever got above 71 degrees. We had all the windows open. It was nice and breezy. Nice. Yeah. It was just a perfect day, dude. So that's why I want to end it by the fire again. So last episode, I did not have a fire as much as I talked about it. But I've got my son with me and I've committed to it. Told the wife I was going to do it. So everybody's waiting on us to be done recording so that I can uh, light the fire. (laughs) <laughs> no nice pressure <laughs> no pressure at all all right uh, so thanks for stopping by said. and um <laughs> <laughs> oh it's all good it's all good i'd rather be doing this than sitting by a fire i actually i'd rather be sitting by a fire with you doing this is what i would really rather be doing Aww. so have I said how awesome it is having you back? Oh my God, I've missed you. <laughs> no homo. No homo. Of course not. <laughs> I mean, maybe just a little, though. Oh, shut up. You dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, did you hear about. To, uh, it's good to be back. Good. Did you hear about Texas' new uh, abortion law? Nope. Oh, boy. We need an abortion expert on here to talk about it, so I'll just breeze over it. But apparently now it's illegal to have an abortion after six weeks of being pregnant. And they've tailored the law so confusingly that if um, if someone knows that you're going to have an abortion, they can actually turn you in to the abortion police. And you can be prosecuted. And a fine up to ten thousand dollars. Isn't that something? Hmm. Yeah. I, I think they're calling it the heartbeat law or heartbeat 
legislation or something like that. Because apparently at six weeks you can detect a heartbeat. I don't know if that's true. I've never had a baby, but something like that. So. Interesting. So, yeah, the, the left has got its panties in a bunch. And, uh, and the conservatives are praising this like it's a triumphal victory, but it's only in the state of Texas. So, as awesome as Texas is, you know, uh, yeah, they got this thing going on. So, which is asinine as far as I'm concerned. It's super extreme of a view, but I still maintain that, you know, if you you do whatever you want to do with your body and have fun, knock yourself out. You want to get an abortion, get an abortion. If you want to get, you know, your whole body tattooed, go for it. If you want piercings all over, go for it. Like, you're not affecting me. But holy shnikes, dude. This is like a huge distraction right now from Afghanistan, so I appreciate it. It's quite comical. I was about to say comical. But. That's actually how you say it with a Boston accent, isn't it? Quamical? It's quite quamical. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I guess, right? yeah. Did I do it right? Boston. Quamity. It's comical. Let's watch a comedy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of crazy. So... Hey, I was uh, taking a walk with uh, the dog and and Micah, and because uh, I'm I'm back on this kick where I'm going to do a mile a day for a whole year. So today was day number two, and um, <laughs> seriously, swear to God, I was thinking to myself, I'm gonna get on the podcast and I'm just gonna start naming sins. Like, yeah, psych, we've been part of church all this time. And by the way, if you don't belong to a church, you're a sinner. You're going to go to hell. I don't know why I was thinking that. Yeah, I'm not following. (laughs) I I don't know. I was just thinking, like, funny shit to say that isn't true and just go for it. You just want to name sins? Yeah, because I was just trying to figure out what we were going to talk about tonight. (laughs) <laughs> I know a lot of the shit that that's in my head that's been in the news that's absolutely crazy you haven't been paying attention to and wouldn't be able to riff with me. Yeah, unfortunately not. Yeah, so I'm just like, eh, maybe if I just start naming sins, Sean will jump in and call me batshit crazy. Well, I mean, it is a slightly interesting topic if you've grown up in church at all. I mean... <clears throat> I think a lot of things are dubbed or deemed, I mean, sin, you know, where it's like, eh, I mean, it's, it's not really a sin. <laughs> yeah. It's just shit. That's like super questionable. Right. And, um, and we develop doctrines around it in order to condemn each other 
And, uh, and maybe probably part of the reason why I was thinking that way is because I have been thinking about this abortion thing for a few days. Um, you know, cause I, I mean, the church will be the first ones to come out and just say, yeah, abortion is sin. It's illegal. You shouldn't do it. You know, I mean, not illegal. It's obviously completely legal, but, um, immoral, immoral. That's the word. And so therefore it's sin and you shouldn't do it. And it's a huge, you know, it's a, it's a huge topic and issue in the church. And, and a lot of people end up getting, you know, a lot of people end up leaving over it, right? They leave the church as a result. A lot of them will even leave Christianity and just like, yeah, this just isn't the shit for me because I'm going to make this choice. And I don't believe that the church should be able to have sanction over what I do with my body. Especially if, you know, you're diddling little boys. You know. <laughs> There's that part. There's that part. Pot kettle black. Kind of like when you go back and listen to that episode, that's kind of what I'm talking about. But Speaking of that, man, I stayed up last night setting all of our, well, not all of them, but getting our, um, website up to date and scheduling posts and stuff i didn't realize how far i'd fell behind (laughs) (laughs) how far behind were you uh i think we were we were at 237 whoa so there was about 13 that i had to yeah i was about to say not quite uh 20 behind but enough to not be on my game, you know? Sure. No, I get it. I get it. Did you feel condemned uh, over it? What? Did you feel condemned over it? I did. I felt like I was sinning. Mm. You think God forgives you? I. That's the hope. Yeah. 25 Hail Marys. As long as I don't ever do it again, then his forgiveness will stand true. Your sins are forgiven. 25 Hail Marys. You can do it. I've got faith in you. Why don't you bring it up? I don't know why I'm fixated on sin, but it's just a weird word. It is, isn't it? Sin. You have sinned against me. Yeah, it's a very, uh, very, very old uh, word, right? That we've just carry on, carried on through you know, 700 centuries, <laughs> honestly. But the word sin uh, in the original text means to miss the mark, right? We make it sound very terrible because it is. <laughs> I mean, the wages of sin is death, right? So it is terrible. But uh, but when you when you look at it in its basic, uh, form of, of just breaking it down to what God actually meant by it. It's simply, you missed the mark. You know, you messed up. You made a mistake. You went left when you should have went right. You know. It is defined as a transgression against divine law. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. But, you know, I, I always go back to 
because, you know, we all sin, right? We all fall short of the glory of God. That's what scripture says. We all transgress the divine law of God at some point because none of us are perfect. The only perfect one has been Christ, obviously. So uh, with that premise of belief uh, has to come also an understanding of uh, context of where we live, you know, which covenant we're living under. And we've talked about this over and over again, but I, it still remains to be, you know, to be said and understood fully. You know, we are not under that old covenant where, you know, the, the sin of our fathers is attributed to us. You know, obviously we're all born in sin because of Adam's sin. But once we, once we come to Christ and we receive his sacrifice and his forgiveness and um, the atonement that comes from Christ, that sin of Adam is no longer attributed to us. And God no longer deals with us according to our sin, but deals with us according to the righteousness of Christ. Through faith, through scripture, that's what it teaches. But unfortunately, uh, in the church, we teach completely different things. And um, we teach people to strive to perfection according to the law, the law that we no longer live under. And it trips a lot of people up, you know. I mean, because God knows it's so many Christians that are living under this cloud of guilt and condemnation of how they've offended God and, and how they've, you know, they consider themselves in terms of the things that they used to do. You know, but I would argue that that's the wrong viewpoint of ourselves in Christ. The correct viewpoint should be um, to view ourselves in light of the righteousness of Christ and in light of the righteousness of our faith. To see ourselves, you know, as the prophet said, um, on the potter's will, with the potter being God the Father, his hands working the clay and making us into the image that he wants us to be. That's how we should see ourselves, not as the damaged clay that's sitting in the corner that's been... uh, that's been cast away because of some blemish, but see our, see ourselves as a, as a work of art, um, that's still being made and still being polished up and baked and trimmed, uh, trimmed out and formed into what he wants us to be. That's the way that I choose to see myself. You know, everybody, you know, you can do whatever you want to do, but as a result of that viewpoint, I don't live in a constant state of guilt and condemnation. I live in a state of peace and um, acceptance of the love of God. You know, you do you. Yep. It is true, which is hard to do. You know, see yourself how God sees you. Yeah, what a concept. And then see other people how God sees them. I would argue that that's the harder part. Oh yeah. Right. 
because like you take this whole topic of abortion but you got the whole world that's like oh not the whole world but you know what i'm saying you you've got this cloud of um of uh accusation and like you know people look down their nose at you and say uh you did this you know I, there is a concept in you know uh therapy and in counseling how we are not to be defined by the actions of our you know of our past the things that we've done that that's not what it's supposed to define you as a person uh, but when you let your actions define who you are uh that that's where we get into trouble where self-esteem is just destroyed because we've all made mistakes and done things that we're not proud of um and so if you let those things that you're not proud of define who you are you'll never have any confidence or any security as an individual you just never get that but again just to bring it back to christianity the um when we define ourselves in the respect of christ in our relationship to him and what he's done for us how he has changed our nature the whole concept of literally being born again spiritually You take on a completely new and different nature. And um, and even with that new nature, you're not but defined by it. You're defined by Christ and what he's done. There's a scripture that talks about as he is, so are we in this world. I just said it out loud and then Google just put it in for me. First John chapter 4, verse 17. In the New International Version. It says, this is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Because in this world, we are like Jesus. The KJV actually says it a hell of a lot better than that. Let's see if I can find it. KJV. It says, herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. That's why I like the KJV. It says it a whole lot better. And closer to the original text. Your love is made perfect. You can have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. So in other words, like, we talked about perfect love, right? How it, John says, perfect love casts out fear. In other words, we don't have to have fear of the judgment of God. Because God's love is made perfect in us through his son. And we talked about Jesus, the, the parable, or not the parable, but the story of Jesus and the woman um, that was washing his feet. He said that her sins that are many are forgiven because she loved much. And then he further on says that he who has been forgiven for much loves much. So love is perfected through Christ as we realize how much we've been forgiven for. His love grows and is perfected within us. Here, John, in 1 John, he says that love is made perfect in us. And through that love, not only is fear cast out, but we can have boldness on Judgment Day. 
knowing that when we stand before God, as he is, Jesus, so are we in this world. He will look at us and he will see his son. And it's a very, very powerful verse. And it should be liberating for the hearer. Because he's not considering us or dealing with us according to our sins after we've accepted Christ. He's dealing with us based on the righteousness of his son. Yep. Crazy. It is. It also sounds weird. How so? (laughs) I mean, it just does. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You know, like face value, that's weird. Especially if, you know... You haven't grown up in church or around faith or, you know, that teaching. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I want to say, I guess, if you grasp it, then you really understand the freedom in that. Or should I say freedom from the weight and damnation of sin, you know? Separation from your creator yeah. it is the good news right and that's what it boils down to you know the fact is is, is that when we consider God uh, as father the the struggle that most people have that a lot of people have is that their dads were shitty right and so when you've got a shitty dad a shitty relationship with your dad is very, very difficult to relate to God as your father. No matter what you've done, you could have done, you know, all the things in your power to please your natural father. And he still answers you with a backhand across your face, right? There's some shitty people in this world, no doubt about it. And there's no getting around that. The problem is that it affects the way that Uh, It affects our ability to see God as a loving father. But this truth that we're talking about, the reason why it's so important is because God deals with us as his kids. But in order for us to be able to accept that as truth and to receive that kind of love that he has for us, we, we have to first Establish the baseline that he is good. Uh, Unless we can establish that baseline that God is good, we'll never be able to full-heartedly accept his undying, unconditional love. Unless we can accept the fact that he's good, we'll always have this thing within us of apprehension and of, you know, like, I consider it like, um, like Max, Max, uh, for uh, he's, he's only two, right. Or about to be two in a couple of weeks. Um, he would never go to another man when he went to you and hugged you. That was like mind blowing to us, right? And we have that awesome picture of <laughs> Max laying his head on your shoulder because he was so comfortable. 
But with every other man that, except for one other, there's one other guy, a couple doors down, his name is Chuck. Awesome dude. One day I'm sitting out with Max on the patio. Chuck comes over to talk about something. I can't remember him, but he comes over and Max was just playing around. And Chuck says, hi, Max, how are you? Max went up to him and let him pick him up. And my floor, my, my floor went to the jaw. My <laughs> jaw went to the floor. And I was like, Chuck, I swear to you, man, my kid doesn't go to anybody. I cannot believe that he's gone to you. He, does, he doesn't go to any other man but me. He doesn't see anybody else, but well, he sees a lot of other men now as he's getting older. But most typically, it's just me, especially during that pandemic. It was just me. He's used to my voice, the depth of my voice. Even when I raise my voice, it doesn't freak him out at all whatsoever. He's just used to me. He straight up went to Chuck the same way he went to you, laid his head right on Chuck's shoulder. I was like, dude, this does not happen. Everybody else? Max give him the side eye. You know, another dude, I've got cousins that come over, uncles, you know, whatever. People come over and hang out and they see Max. Max will come right up to me, jump in my lap, and then lay his head in my chest with that side eye looking at the other man like, please protect me. I said all that to say that's how we are with God when we don't 100% believe that he is good. We'll look at him with that side eye, like, I don't know, I need to find a place of security. I'm not so absolutely sure that he's the one. But when we believe what the scripture says about him and develop relationship with him and get close to him, that side eye begins to wane. And we can get closer and closer and closer. And our reservations and our apprehensions begin to fall off and we can accept his love fully. My problem with the church is that we're not allowing people to drop the side eye with God because we harp on sin so much. I believe in the church, they preach sin more than what God talks about it. The whole narrative of the Old Testament was very sin-centric in that this is what you shouldn't do, outline 613 laws. But the gospel, the New Testament, the New Covenant, is very grace-centric where God is opening up his arms and saying, hey, it's all right, I know you fucked up, but my son didn't. If you believe in him, come on, my arms are open. You're still going to fuck up, but you know what? That's all right. My love for you knows no bounds. You can be secure with me. I'll dust off your knees. I'll wash your face. And I'll, I'll help you out. Sila. I just think, you know, it, we, we strive so much for perfection that we forget the fact that it's okay that we don't meet it. Like, even when Micah was young, he's heard me say it so many times that he's, it's funny, I, I've heard him repeating it to Jenna. <laughs> he's repeated it to so many people. I say all the time to Micah, it doesn't have to be perfect, buddy. Just do it. It doesn't have to be perfect. 
I got you. You know, we go up and be like, hey, buddy, go ahead and please clean your room, make up your bed. We're going to go. He'll go in. I'll walk in behind him. Like, dude, what the hell is that? He'll look at me like, it doesn't have to be perfect, dad. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just what it is. It just, we're striving for perfection. We don't have to be there. You know, I think God honors the try. I really do. I believe he honors the try. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's better than nothing. Nothing wrong with it. Because, I mean, we're never going to hit that mark. I mean, we're, you know, it's impossible to be a perfect person. Right. That's not who we are. (laughs) It's not how we were made. Came into this world with so many imperfections, right? You want to die with them, too. Believe that. Yep. But you can have boldness on the day of judgment. And you can stand before God with your head up high like, nice to meet you in person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not be scared. Not be frightened. Not be shaking in your boots. Be like, hey, I've served you and I've loved you and you've loved me more than I could ever love you back. Thank you. At least that's what I want to say when I stand before him. Like, Father, I know I fucked up a lot of shit. And my life could have been a hell of a lot better than what I made it because of the dumbass choices that I've made. But I am so glad that you loved me through every dumb thing that I've ever done. And have that confidence, man, that he's just going to look right back and say, yeah, you're right. I loved you through all the stupid shit you did. What a day that will be. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, sin is still sin. He still hates the sin. But man, his love really knows no bounds. And it, 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 it brings me to tears, man. It really does. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It show is. So all that to say, fuck Texas and this new law. They can go <laughs> fuck themselves. You want to have an abortion at six weeks or seven weeks? Go right ahead. Do your thing. Uh, when you stand before God, you know, God's going to look at you and still love you. And, um, You know, keep your head up. There's so many reasons why people get abortions, you know. It just is what it is. There's so many different reasons out there. There's people that abort babies because it's like either the baby's going to live or the mother's going to live. Yeah, it's a really messy topic. It, it really is, man. And and my thing is, hell, you think you're going to get some condemnation from me? It ain't going to happen. Because I don't think God's going to condemn you. And if God's, if I believe truly that God's not going to condemn you, you better bet your sweet little candy ass that I'm not going to condemn you either. 
So that being said, God ain't going to celebrate everything you do either. You know, and neither will I. Of course not. <clears throat> but he did give us free will to make our own choices. Right. And I don't know, man, just the whole vibe of, well, I think it's wrong and you shouldn't do it. So you should do what I want you to do for yourself. And it's just like, who the fuck are you to say that? I mean, you don't have to like the decision. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But to be... I think because the people that are the loudest are the ones that are like... You know, they're they're rude, self-centered. They think that because they go to church or they said a prayer or whatever that, you know, they can condemn and judge and like I said, try and force others to do exactly what they think is right. And it's like, you're not God. (laughs) You're not even Jesus. Not even close, not even a close second or third. So yeah, are there things out there that I don't agree with? hundred percent. Who cares? Who am I? You know? Yeah. I ain't nobody. I sure as hell didn't create light, put the stars where they are, make animals, create our body. Dude, our body. How intricate is our freaking body? Yeah. And we want to run around sometimes some more than others i'll admit i'm not talking about everyone but like we want to run around like we did like oh yeah i I can dictate what you're doing the the person being whatever he she it god created us (laughs) and gave us free will and then said yeah you suck here's a way out because i love you why aren't we doing that as christians and you know we are i'm saying we as a general thing here but like sure i don't know man those type of air quote christian people i'm just like dude just shut up please (laughs) do you not realize who you are and who your god is and I think for a lot of people out there, they they don't or they forget or they're so consumed in their little Christian bubbles, you know, because we're not we're supposed to be in the world, not of the world. So let's barricade all this worldly stuff that you're so far removed from being a light for the gospel of Jesus and God's love that he has for us, no matter what we do or what we've done or what we will do, you know? Yeah. That's sad to me. So I I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier. It's like, it's, it is difficult to see, ourselves through the eyes of God and it's just 
way more difficult to see each other through the eyes of God. You know, who knows the mind of God but the Spirit of God, right? That's what Paul said. Or that's what Jesus said. It's so difficult to really understand the mind of God and, and the way he thinks. Like we have the scripture as reference. And we, you know, the scripture that, you know, I would argue majority of the Christians never read. Um, it's very difficult to see people through the eyes of God. And it's so easy to give up on trying. But I swear it is a lifelong journey that we all need to be on. It's the only way that we're going to be able to combat all of this division and hatred and volatility that's in the world right now. You know, you you got half the Christians that are maskers and half that are not. And they're just like the ones that are, they're like, how dare you not wear a mask? Don't you care about people? <laughs> you got the other half, like I talk about, and like we talked about a couple podcasts before. I, at least I think I brought it up. They're like, you know, God's going to protect us. Why are you living in fear and wearing this mask? Yeah. And it's like, can't we just meet somewhere in the middle and just fucking love each other? You know, I, I just. We're falling short, bro. We're falling short. As a whole, we're falling short. Individuals are making it. But we are falling short as a whole. We're missing the mark. We're sinning and not loving each other the way that God wants us to love each other. We're so quick to condemn and to judge. And we miss sight of the love aspect of what Christianity is all about. I think until we get there, man... We're going to be in some trouble. Deep shit. Well, and all the while, he still loves us. Absolutely. Because we're all his kids. You know. If Max grows up to hate Micah, for whatever dumbass reason, I'm going to love them both still. Like, you're both still my kids. No matter how much you guys fight each other, you're both still mine. And I want there to be peace between the two of you, but you guys have to solve that, whatever it is. But I want you guys both to know that I love you both. And there's nothing that's going to change that. And if that's my perspective as an earthly father, how much more God's mind, God's heart, God's perspective towards us. Mm-hmm. I don't know, the, the longer I'm a Christian and the older I get, those are the terms that I think in, man. Anytime I ever have any doubt about God's love for me, I think about my love for my kids. Like the family was God's design 
to demonstrate his love toward us. The concepts of fatherhood is what Jesus came to establish when he stepped on the earth. No one ever before Jesus stepped on the earth heard God called Father. He was never called Father before Jesus stepped on the scene. He came to introduce that concept to us. And the older I get, the more and more I'm understanding it. So, Sila. Sila. Chew on that biscuit for a minute. You ain't getting no water, homie. You gonna eat that biscuit? I don't care if it's dry. Choke it down, homie. Still talking about biblical stuff here? (laughs) 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 Ah! Alright, I'm gonna go light my fire and sit there with my family and enjoy the rest of the evening. Yeah, man. Sounds good. Well, if you like what we're talking about, or even if you don't like what we're talking about, you can reach out to us at info <clears throat> at unchurchedpodcast.show. Um, check out our website, newly updated, and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's pretty cool, unchurchedpodcast.show. And uh, thanks for your ears for a little bit. Let us know what you think. Show. Thanks for listening. It means the world to us. We love you a long time. So long, we love you. Bye.